Ladies and gentlemen, Antoine Griezmann's and Jürgen Klinsmann's, welcome to Worldy. On and on and on. Just like Ariston. The boys keep on rolling. We're through to a World Cup semi-final. For the third time ever. Yeah, so this is now uh, equal second best England international performance of all time. Yeah. Yeah, and the best one in 28 years. Yeah. It's frightening, isn't it, that somebody who is 28 years old... (laughs) Might not have been born well, when we were last in a semi-final. Well, there is that brilliant, brilliant fact. There are only six players that were alive during that semi-final, appear- that last yeah. semi-final appearance. The rest, 19 players in the squad? No, how many? 17. 17. 17, yeah. 17 other players in the squad were not born at were born after 19. That's mental, isn't it? It's a bit upsetting, actually, in some ways. <laughs> like, for lots of reasons. A, it makes me feel really old, but also it's because it's such a long time since we didn't think it... I, I mean, was it 2006 we last time, last time we were in a quarterfinals, yeah. so... Did you, did you think, right, that when we, uh, that when we started this campaign and everyone was playing it down, did you secretly think... Maybe this will be good. Because because it's being played down, because for once it was like the opposite. Um, yes, yes and no. I mean I I, I, I kinda of stand by what I said right at the start of this, which which was I, I think quarterfinals were realistic. Yeah. Um, but they were the realistic, probably the best I could hope for realistically. Yeah. I thought I thought if we can get to the quarterfinals, then that that would be brilliant. If we can get to the semifinals, it'd be amazing. But at no point did I actually even think that was all that kind of yeah. feasible and, and and actually now we've done it so it's only really kind of now that I've sunk in that it's sunk in how big an achievement that is actually reaching the, the, the yeah. semi-finals of the World Cup given that it's only ever happened now three times <laughs> yeah it's amazing isn't it? it it was really interesting actually I think I, I, um, Gabby Logan was um, interviewing um, Gareth Southgate straight after the game and he made something about the fact that, you know the pre- the previous managers who have done this he was a big fan of a big had a lot of respect for him. she said well yeah there's only three of you yeah yeah so like Ralph right. Ramsey Bobby Robson and Gareth Southgate the only England managers ever wow. to get us to the semi-finals of the World Cup that's brilliant that it really is amazing exalted really company is. there yeah big time right yeah right. so these the Sweden game it went off without a hit really it was it was pretty straight and it was it was probably the most comfortable England international performance at a major tournament that I can remember. I, I can't remember feeling quite so relaxed yeah. during any England game ever, <laughs> yeah. let, let alone a World Cup quarter-final. It, yeah. it, it, was, it was very uh, surreal, even, uh, because we were comfortable for big portions of that game. The, I, the only thing that really went wrong during that was... was the ridiculous amount of beer that I accidentally drank, <laughs> which has caused me all kinds of problems this well, morning. I think we're we're generally quite tender on the uh, on the pod today. Uh, I, I had I'm a, sat I'm sat here with two very very hungover gentlemen. Yeah, because I I had the I had the match followed by a wedding and it was carnage. <laughs> tell, tell everybody what happened on the way home. Well, you don't have to. But. Well, I was told I was told that I threw up outside of the taxi window, but. <laughs> I can't remember that. So I'm not really. I did see a video of me hanging out of a car door. <laughs> I did see that. Video evidence. I did see that. I looked like I'd been shot and I was like slumped out of the door. You say you were, you were in central London as well, weren't you, for yeah. this wedding? Was, yes. was there any signs of kind of party or anything like that from, from England's supporters when you were arriving? Uh, no, because we were at a very, very posh hotel okay. in, in Mayfair. So. Uh, is that not where all the oikers go to go no, and party? No, then? I guess not. Okay. Yeah, so no, but there was lots of evidence at the wedding of everybody being absolutely well up for it. And the DJ Excellent. did drop three lines, of course. Nice, nice. At one point, which got everybody going. It was a brilliant atmosphere. And we were watching um, on someone's phone, we were watching the Croatia, the Croatia match. And I saw the uh, Russian equaliser in added time, which was pretty awesome. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice little clipped cross from the corner of the box and header. Uh, that that lad missed his penalty though, didn't he? He, d- he did. Yeah. He went. He went on to miss his penalty. I forgot his name. I'm, I'm it was really, the fullback. Wasn't I, it? I, I've got. I'm full of admiration. Fernan- for the... Fernandez. He's he's actually the. Um, oh, he's the Spanish fella. He, uh, uh, no, Brazilian, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's lived there for X amount of years. Played right. played a friendly for Bas- uh, for uh, um, Brazil. Use, use words. Um, he's the one that isn't hung over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, I mean, I I am full of admiration uh, for you remembering that, having watched it on a phone <laughs> and got to like out the window of a of a car because <laughs> I was sat next to a nice big screen yeah. um, and I can't I can remember fucking nothing from that, from that game whatsoever I yeah. really can't oh dear um, but there what's, we go uh, what's going to go down if we win the semi well oh, goodness knows right I, it was really good though because I mean I, we didn't see that I was at a pub in Oxford just outside the city centre um but we, um, I was just looking at Twitter on Twitter afterwards, and there were people um, down George Street in Oxford, just the whole street, or yeah. the whole street outside the Wigan Pen was just absolutely rammed Ram for people nice. dancing around and singing and stuff like that, nice. which is which is just a scene repeated across the country. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, it's yeah. been it's you know it's that, it's that kind of you know that, that stupid like. Um, cliche isn't it about partying in the streets and yet everybody turned out onto the streets and <laughs> but you kind of want to do stuff. it it's self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. isn't it <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching uh, uh, kind of super cuts of, of various fans celebrating yeah. Yeah. in the street or you know celebrations as goals important goals go in it's just it's magical it's lovely yes. to see yeah yeah so uh, just just remind us again because I bothered to clip the audio, Andy. Let's g- give me give me Pickford save again, just so I can relive it. Saved, John Pickford. England on the brink. Now, when we've started the tournament, all I wanted really was to have a, like a like a, a, me- a memorable moment. Yeah. yeah. And after that penalty shootout, I was like, okay, we've had it. So we've had our memorable moment. And if the World Cup ended for us then, I'd have still been happy because that shootout was fucking amazing. Yes, it was. You, you could argue that the Sweden game probably is going to be one of the most forgettable games <laughs> of, 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 this, of this campaign. I don't, I don't yeah. feel like there was much that really happened apart from we've scored two decent goals. I thought England was so professional yeah. in that game. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, because we'd gone through the Columbia thing and I think they, they were tested on so many different levels yeah, on the footballing side and on the you know the emotional yeah and yeah. the emotional yeah. uh, side of the penalty shootout and everything to go into the Sweden game which is a game that we're much more familiar with and yeah. I knew we would be because we've played all these players many 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 times and they play in a style that's extremely familiar so when we went into that game I was not worried about us losing our heads or anything no. like that I was just concerned about maybe you know uh, Sweden doing us from set pieces and stuff mm. like that but it was interesting when we were watching and I was watching it with uh, with Matt Angel and he they were in the tunnel and he said they don't look very big you know like I, I expected them to be a bit more physically dominating the, the Swedes but, yeah the Swedes okay. but you looked at the lineup in the tunnel and you thought shit we've probably got these guys yeah. man for man uh, from that point of view and they they couldn't really make they couldn't really pr- provide a threat, and I think their finishing was so poor. They were probably also like a bit knocked from the previous performance where they would missed so many chances. Yeah. So I think they they maybe built that up, but like from from an individual perspective, it, you mean exactly? Like, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think I think that every time they got into dangerous positions, you kind of knew they weren't going to score. Yeah. So that took a lot of the uh, pressure out of it for me because whenever they attacked, I wasn't really nervous. Well, no, I mean Pick, Pickford made two or three very, very good saves. Though I mean, gen, genuinely excellent. Don't care if I'm not the biggest keeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right, Jordo. He did have a fantastic game. I think some some uh, outlets rated him as man of the match. Actually. Yeah, in fact, I think I think yeah. he got the Budweiser, the official man nice. of the match as he well. Did. Which is which again, you know, going back to what he's gone through with all of that, you know, that the stuff yes. that he's defending there, and and actually to be just a quick quickly say for 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 Tibby Courtois, yeah. he did actually rescind. Well, he in the post match interview after the the. Brazil Belgium game. Yes. He did say like I, I never tried to mock him for his like, I think I've been yeah. t- I've been misquoting oh, okay, him a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. And so he did try and clear that up because he was really quite keen to make sure all people didn't take him wrong on that yeah, one, which was enough, nice for him. Fair play to him for doing that. Um but yeah, so I, I was delighted for Pickford. I, honestly I think he's just he's 
He, he clearly really, really wants it. And what I love about him, he's a 24-year-old goalkeeper, so he's very, very inexperienced for a goalkeeper. And yet he's there every single time, you know, they get a shot away, he saves it. He's berating his more yeah, senior defenders. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, ripping them. He's it, just like... It, it, I, I, I commented on that as well whilst watching the game, and, and it is really good to see because I don't think you see it that much these days, that, that, type, of, uh, that type of very commanding goalkeeper yeah. who... Who, as you say, berates their defence when whenever there's a shot that's uh, that's that's got away. Yeah, and there was there was one, there was one moment as well where, where he made he, where he hit, quite near the end we made that save down to they, they Sweden put that lovely little move together. Yes, it was the best um, move of the match. And um, then he got down to his right, and we finally we scrambled away, finally got rid of rid of it, and he basically celebrated like he'd scored yeah, a goal. Yeah, yeah. It was it was amazing yeah, it was watching that stuff like. Yeah, yeah. he's so, really growing a lot. Like I, you know, I had my doubts about him before. But he's had an absolutely amazing tournament, and he is. This is going to define him as a player as well. This tournament. Whilst whilst we're talking about these these players that have done so well, so so I I would pick out Trippier, um, Maguire, and uh, uh, and Jordan as well, yeah, Pickford, yeah. who I think uh, are probably our three best players so far. Yeah. I mean, you could argue maybe Henderson and. Well, Kane I was just going to well. say, I but, think it's but, definitely uh, we need to have a chat about Henderson. Yeah, but we'll come to that. But what my point that I'd like to make about those three specifically is that all three of those, well, none of those three played for England before October last year. That's amazing! Wow! Yeah, they've all come through, come into the team very, very late on. There were a lot of question marks about Jordan Pickford, yeah. um, particularly when when uh, when Southgate gave him essentially gave him the number one. Uh, uh, jersey um, I think there were a few questions about playing Trippier as the wing back instead of Walker mm-hmm. um, and I think Maguire people were a little bit worried about him as well because you know he didn't really didn't really have much in the way of uh, international experience uh, people were calling for Cahill in there yeah or, well uh, what I love uh, it, not uh, on this pod uh, they were and, and I think Southgate has been 100% proved right there yeah. 100% I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely like um, in awe of, of Harry Maguire, I, 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 yeah. I, I legitimately, I, th- I think, I think he is just the. He looks like he's. He looks like he's thirty five. Yeah. Like in terms yeah, of yeah. his his reading of the game, his knowledge, his stature, and everything. He just. He just. He just. He goes out there and he owns the game. He wins every mean? bloody header yeah. as well. He's, he's quickly becoming one of my favourite England players. Yeah. So yeah. E- yeah, even of all time, I think he's fantastic. Sla- he's slab head, they call him, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <Slab-head>. <laughs> he couldn't really miss that header, could he? No, I think actually Such that's a big re- target. It's actually really unfair on the Sweden defenders because you know they, he's got more acreage yeah. to get yeah. to get on the ball. There, I was trying to think of how many goals we have scored with our feet. The aren't penalties in this World Cup. Not, not many. Two? D- d- does the Kane one count? Where no, it kind of not really bobbled off his heel? I suppose it does. Well, there's the 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 fantastic well, they, they, Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard, the Lingard one, yeah. yeah. It is um, those two, isn't it? And Harry Kane at the back post against Tunisia. Wasn't that a header? No, it flipped down, didn't it? And was saved, and then he tapped it in with his foot. Oh yes, so the first oh, one was yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking that we they haven't done much of the old uh, the old kicking. We've done a lot of the heading. Yeah, the matter. Does no, it? exactly. Like, they, they all count. What, what, what I find really interesting as well is, is that is everybody was talking about how, you know, we're, we're scoring every, all of our goals are coming from set pieces. This is a problem because eight, people will figure them out. Eight, eight out of 11. I yeah. Think. But um, what's it? Rio Ferdinand made a good, good point after the game on the BBC coverage where he said, Look, watch them, watch them. They're all, they're all afraid of us. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so rather than teams coming and thinking, oh, well, we'll just stifle out their, their, their set pieces, they're actually looking at it and they, they, they're genuinely fearing it. And that is a massive advantage. Yeah. And what I, what's really interesting in seeing how all of the different teams are now trying to deal with the, with the love train as well. <laughs> the love train. Colombia were desperately trying to get people into the, into the line yes. and like Sweden yeah. were trying to just stay zonal and, and like, but so, which allowed it to do its own thing. So no, Nobody knows how to yeah. deal with that. And Have we brilliant. ever been good at set pieces before? I don't remember it being a thing that no, we were good at set pieces. I, I, well, with Beckham, I guess. Well, True. Even, even yeah. with Beckham, I yeah. mean, there was there was a lot of hubris about Beckham and in his, his deliveries. And, and he, in terms of dead ball delivery, I think he's one of the best of all time. But I, I never felt like we took advantage of that um, that often. Um, but, I mean, there were there was the odd you know corner where you know centre back scored or the odd good free kick, but yeah. it, it, it tended to be it tended to be um, it was either 
free kicks that he was scoring directly or yeah. it was like wide deep free kicks that he's swinging in that Owen would go and get his head yes, on wasn't yeah, it but yeah, yeah rarely corners or just like standard set of plays like corners yeah. or anything like that yeah. I don't think we've ever been dangerous no it's then. really good though because it means that every t- chance we get up, we think this is an opportunity you know every yeah. time and uh, when you're not you know scoring freely from open play then you know i don't think we need many opportunities to to bag a, no. a goal from a from a set piece but what it will also potentially do as well is as long ago it goes on i mean i know we've only got two games left but 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 if teams are starting to fear giving away free kicks or corners in dangerous areas, then they will make bad decisions and that will potentially open us up for for, for other goals or other goal-scoring opportunities. So, yes, superb. It really is. Yeah, it's exciting times. So... What else happened in that in that swing game? I honestly can't really remember well, because I mean, because we got the Maguire header from the corner, and then we got a very routine uh, sort of defensive error that let in Deli Ali for the for the equaliser. Yeah, uh, mean, for the for the two 0 yeah, yeah, defensively they, they they should have done better with that second. It was goal. too easy, wasn't it? Part yeah. part of that actually was in, and we won't go into the, the the detail of the interfering or active in play stuff. But but Sterling was still in an offside oh, yeah. position, so was, and I genuinely yeah. think that fucked the the Sweden defence. Well, of course up. it does because you're marking players. Yeah, exactly. The, the very idea that somebody is not interfering with play to me is crazy. Yeah. But so, that, but that's the way that rule is exactly. currently, currently currently judged at the moment. Yes. So 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 it was the right decision in that respect. But um, yeah, it's one of my pet hates really because yeah. I think uh, I just don't see why we can't have a rule where when you're offside, you're offside. Right. Exactly. Mm. Because the the situations that that was originally brought in to stop are so infrequent. Yeah. That the referee, if there's a player who's injured down by the corner flag, is clearly lying on the floor. Yeah. The referee could just say, okay, well, I'm going to ignore. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to allow that. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little bit silly because the defensive line is looking at the whole group of players, not just Deli yeah. in that, in that but, situation. But also on top of that, though, I, it, it, lovely little clipped ball anyway from yeah. Jesse Lingard there yeah. because Excellent. because I, th- I think he had he was really busy and he very workmanlike in that game for us. But he, I think he had one of his quieter games for us. I think. Um, but he, he, I felt he did a lot defensively. I yeah. think he covered an incredible amount of ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he really put a shift in. I thought he was excellent. He in was that, moving in that well. Yeah. He yeah. was moving very well around the midfield. I mean, yeah. he looks to be he looks to be in very good in very good shape. And mm. you know, somebody that probably wasn't was was Deli Ali. Yeah. Having got the goal, I think he actually admitted himself in his post-match interview that he'd had a very poor game. Yeah. So grabbing the goal, I think, put a little bit of a a, a plaster on what was actually quite quite a poor performance. Flip, flip, flip side there, though, you you can look at it because I mean everybody's you know the the, the rhetoric that everyone's been throwing around that he's announced his uh, arrival, you know, yes. stamped his authority yeah. on the, all of that bullshit. Um, but but nevertheless, that might now give him the confidence to because he was I mean he dreadful moments yeah. you know in like the first. Well, the first half in particular, but throughout mm. that game, yeah. where he was just misplacing really simple passes, really, really frustrating. Yes. Um, but nevertheless, that that kind of confidence that comes from scoring a goal like that will actually will genuinely makes a difference to, to to players how they play. So hopefully yeah. that will free him up a little bit for the semi final. I was glad that he was disappointed, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. and I think it shows good self awareness because yeah. he came off the pitch and he was shaking his head, but you could see it wasn't because he was upset about being subbed. It's because he knew he'd had a bad game. Yes. Yeah. And when yeah. he came off, he was. And you could almost see him say to Southgate, oh, "I'm sorry." Yeah. You know? um, but at the same time, you know, same time he still um, popped up and scored that goal. Yeah. Um, but it was also it's really really gratifying as well to see when they're doing like, all of the stuff on the, the on the pitch afterwards, the congratulations, the handshakes, and everything like that. Um, he just he shared like a, a little cheeky wink and a joke with Gareth Southgate, oh, yeah, okay. and it just demonstrated that there, there is that kind of togetherness and yeah, and, yeah. and and that the, the players are not allowing stuff to kind of like weigh yeah. heavily on their minds and stuff, and like, and that's one of the greatest things about this whole thing is is just is just how just how unbelievably cohesive the entire unit appears to yeah. be. Well, one, one little thing that, that I've noticed, which has really warmed my heart, um, after every single game, you see you see Gareth Southgate walking onto the pitch after the final whistle, congratulating every one of his team, you know, big, yeah. big strong hugs, handshakes, yeah. slaps on the back. Yeah. Um, and um, at the end of that, he'll then go down to the the, the biggest group of England fans and uh, and do his his massive celebration, <laughs> yeah, double yeah. double fist pump. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, which which I just think is fantastic. I I think he 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 really 
personifies the you know the the uh the the England team and, and the best best aspects of the England team that that, that I really enjoy. I I think not only is he personifying it, he is he is, you know, responsible for creating yeah. it yeah, as yeah. well. You know, yeah. I mean, this is this is him and the team around him have deliberately set about creating this kind. And you can remember the last time that I can't even remember any, that ever well, happening with an England squad before. It, maybe ninety six. So you know, yeah, maybe, got that yeah. feeling in ninety six. And and again, that was because Venables was an excellent man manager. Yeah. Yeah. Although although there was an element of that was um, an element of that was kind of. Uh, that kind of like group them versus us mentality when because they had the press on their back yes, so much you saw that much. with all of the um the dentist chair stuff and things like that so yeah, sure. so but which which wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it gave them a steely no that's right but it wasn't a positive motivation yeah, right yeah uh, it's a point that's been made and we've made it a couple of times as well you know about roughly half of the the starting eleven in this team also played in the the loss against um, Iceland two years ago. And that that's that's quite incredible. Yeah. The fact that yeah yeah okay we've had a lot of new players come in, but it's still it's still about fifty percent the same team. Well, we went and, through. Sorry, sorry, go on. No, go, go, on, go, go on. on. But well, I was just going to say to to perform so differently um, in in only two years, I think is that is, is true. Very that is true. I think Southgate was was very good at making a statement about dropping Wayne Mooney. Yeah. yeah. Because it really did say, look, some of you have been across like that previous era, but that is now over. The, the, the thing is, and I think what sets him apart is that in previous areas where managers have come come in and, and decided to drop big players, I mean, the, the, the main one I, I can think of is David Beckham yeah. when mm-hmm. Capello came yeah. in. There was massive press outcry... Um, the problem with the Cabello situation was that it wasn't justified to drop Beckham, whereas quite, the Rooney one was. Well, exactly, you know. and, and it and it, although it was a big decision, um, you know, there's no doubt about that. I think it was the right decision, and I think it can be seen um, retrospectively as also being the correct decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even the press at the time kind of said, "Yeah, you know, there was no there was no big hoo ha when when they dropped him. It was just kind of." Yeah, it's probably the right call. Yeah, exactly. And and and, 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 he, and he could also back his 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 decision up with you know he wasn't really playing for Man U at the time. Yeah. You know he wasn't getting getting a game. Even when he went to Everton, he didn't really play. Uh, he just he just represented an era that yes. was all about expectation and not about delivery. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I think it was that was crucial for them to to do what they have. Even though you say there's there's a degree of the personnel is still the same from two years ago. What they've done is they've actually kind of created a almost like a new team like it, it it feels like it's its own unit like they've set up a new team and they've yeah. kind of like everything every, all of the procedures all of the processes everything has just been stripped back started again and they have just created this kind of unit and I, and I don't remember a time where it felt like that that was exactly what the England side was yeah. it felt like a collective of individuals yeah. from lots of like highfalutin Premier League clubs who were just chucked into a hotel together for three weeks yeah. whereas now you just feel like there is they, they are going to represent they are going to play for England, their 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 their, their team. Do you know what to, I mean? It just it, it's a completely different feel to the whole thing. Yeah. To be to be fair, you know, other countries have difficulties, um, you know, getting a, a group of players to gel mm, yeah, as yeah. well. You know, look they at Argentina. Look at Argentina. You know, perfect perfect example. Um, but but I, I think I think that is a big a big plus for this team is that they are a team. You know that you mm-hmm, can you yeah. can see that they're fighting for one another. They they do all of those kind of dirty hard things well because they all believe in the same thing and they're all pulling in the right direction. It's really interesting as well because Gareth Southgate was talking about the players who have um who've not played very much or any football and he was saying he was saying look um it's it's as much about those guys yeah, is yeah. it is the he ones highlighted uh, Delph and yeah. Welbeck um because he was because uh, another player as well. Isn't yeah, he could be basically. Others, yeah. But yeah, he was making the point that these guys are these guys go through they they work really hard in training because it's not just about training for them; it's training for the other players yeah. who are who are, who are training against them and, and things like that. So, in that they're all contributing so heavily to everything that the, the whole thing yes. is is focusing together on that that, well, that if team you look on at, the pitch. Uh, quality training has to be intense and yes. it has to be competitive. 
And if you look in the past at managers who are not good at that, Alan Pardew is a, is a great example. Mm-hmm. He can't create intensity in his training sessions and it mm-hmm. shows on the pitch mm-hmm. because players are not as fit. They, they, they lack that uh, that real bite that you get from having those kind of uh, those kind of extremely intensive and competitive training sessions, and you can see that that also drives the players forward who aren't getting picked because they're like, I'm still making a difference because I'm going in going in hard on Harry Kane and making him play his best, you know. So, um, uh, right, I was going to make one more, two more mentions, okay, before we have a little break. Hendo. Yes. So first of all, Harry Kane who I thought was fucking brilliant again. And one thing that that I I sort of realised as we were watching this game is that his his decision-making, his understanding of what's happening in a football game is brilliant. Yes. He, he knows how we're performing and what he needs to do. And most of the time that involves him either picking up a spot on a channel, trying to overload one part of the pitch or another, or like being right on the shoulder of the defender, or when he, when the time is right, dropping back deeper and getting involved in some of the build-up play. And that on its own is, is an excellent facet of his game. But the other thing that I thought was amazing was that when he did drop deep and started playing the ball, you think, shit, he's a really good footballer as yes, well. Yes, yeah. He's a really, really good footballer. And when he dropped in, his movement and the passes that he picked, you said he's one of our best players as yeah. well. Not he's not just our, you know, talismanic finisher like a Lineker. He's also capable of being a playmaker d- deeper in the pitch. It's well, fucking brilliant. I, th- I think we saw that against Colombia, where in the second yes. half of yeah. extra time he dropped deep because he basically couldn't run anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but he suddenly became our most influential kind of yeah. playmaker type player because yeah. he he is fantastic on the ball, as you say. He makes all the right decisions when he needs to, um, and people have underestimated him for quite some time. Just they see, you know, they see a goal scorer, you know, a, a guy that just puts the ball in the in the net but he's so much more than that what i love about him as well and we, we mentioned this after the columbia game but it was in effect again uh, last night is that when when he does come deep and he gets hold of the football um and he realizes there's no outlet and he's got nowhere to go he he somehow he just manages he draws a foul yeah and it's not yeah. and it's not like it's not like those kind of shithousing strikers who who kind of step in the way and then get like... like no, he just like, protects the he, ball until they foul him, Yeah, he's, he's, they can't get past him. They can't dispossess he's him. So and they end up fouling him. But they, 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 they tend to foul him about five times before the ref <laughs> yeah. actually gives yeah. the yeah. foul as well. Yeah, so. well, he looks so solid on the ball. I think the ref like lets it run for, yeah. for a yeah. time. But incredible work from Harry Kane. And I yeah. thought, he, you know, it's a shame that he didn't uh, get a goal in that match but I think he's got yeah. every chance of scoring but, uh, from yeah. a from an attacking perspective I think he was quieter than he has been um, but uh, but as you say his all round, round play was excellent but as, in, as but it always is that happens with, with somebody in in that position they, they often don't do very much until they crop up with yeah. the ball on the head yeah. like like he does in the Tunisia game didn't do a massive amount in that game compared to what he's done in recent games sure. and yet he still cropped up and scored two goals he's, so uh, He's, he's still going to get the golden boot, though, isn't I he? I think so. hope so. And uh, the other player that I thought had an excellent game uh, and did create, or, or was involved in most of our chances, was Raheem Sterling. Yes. Mm. Uh, who I thought was excellent, uh, moved, the, moved the opposition around the pitch very well, took on more players, took more risks, mm-hmm. uh, and just can't, can't buy a goal. But... Uh, there was a, there was even one point where Harry Kane turned on the edge of the box and could have had a shot, and he gave it to Sterling. He's like, "Go on, yeah. score a goal!" <laughs> like I I think with with Sterling is that like because he, he's obviously taken flack from 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 all quarters for his you know his lack of goals and, 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 and whatever, and still is. So so I noticed that the uh, the lowest yeah. player rating on the BBC website was Raheem Sterling, <laughs> but, which, which but, I think was massively no, but that, harsh. But that but that that was literally because of that single incident in the yeah. penalty area where he should have laid it off. By the way, where he was offside, and yeah. it would have not would not have counted because There's of the no way that anybody should be rating Sterling below Deli Alley. In no, no, game. absolutely, absolutely not. But the, but the trouble is, people are so simplistic about it. People don't follow, or they don't even really follow the game. They don't really yeah. understand the nuances of the game. And they, they just look, well, I remember him making a stupid mistake in where we should have scored, yeah. and I remember him scoring. And that's it. That's the difference yeah. between the two. But... I yeah I thought so. He 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 ran their defense really tired. He just constantly was was on their shoulders. He was running. He he finally got that ability to run into a bit of space to find a bit of space that we we've been crying out for all the yeah. way through our podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and 
and, and he's uh, apart from making that space for himself, he's so good at drawing defenders around and yeah. making space for his teammates. I think I think that that is very underrated, and yeah, obvi- yeah. obviously, it's one of the things that is very hard to pick up when you're watching the game because the camera doesn't always follow follow him and you can't see what he's doing. But he does that a lot uh, and creates a lot of opportunities through that. And he just creates uncertainty as well, because mm. cause, because because he runs across the entire defensive line, not a single one of that back four are ever comfortable or resting yes, because yeah. they know... They don't what, know where he's going to crop up. I don't know where Raheem Sterling is. I'm, I'm, I've got to watch this guy. Great, the fucking golden boot leading goal yeah. scorer is right on my shoulder, <laughs> where there's, this little guy is going to come scurrying in at some point yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got that and you've got like Lingard, pinging balls left right and center it is it is it's really unsettling for defenders and it's yeah i think we are i think we're we're in this position now where we haven't had to play any really really tough games mm-hmm. and we've had uh, a collection of players where some are blowing hot and some are blowing cold in a match and we can still get through yeah imagine if all those players hook up so in the semi-final yeah. if you have delhi ali and lingard and sterling all having good games at the same time and that's Goals. it. And that's it, isn't it? Ten nil at least. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's how they talk about it when you, you the, the the cycle for a, for an athlete, isn't it? The four year cycle for the Olympics. Yes. You, yeah, you yeah. pull all of the little bits of your preparation and everything, and you pull them all together, and mm. so they are all firing at the right moment. Yes. And the teams who win the World Cup, that's what happens. So you have a, a couple of players who start well, do well at the, the, the start of the tournament. A couple of who will be in that, but then you, you get them to start getting building confidence and building their game up. Up and like starting to read each other better and everything starts to come and, and if we're going to win the World Cup which is not out of the question now um, <laughs> that's what will need to happen yes and, and and there are signs that it could happen yeah. there are legitimately signs that that could happen well, well I, uh, I, 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 sorry I, I think there are signs that that's happening with both France and Belgium as well yes I think, that's very I true think they've started to play a little little bit better particularly Belgium um, I I I kind of fancy them against against France. I have to say, I, 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 at first, at first, I, I kind of thought, no, France have got enough quality to to get past them. But I, I can see, uh, I can see Belgium getting something out of that. Well, look, before we get before we get onto those guys, I just want a final word for uh, for Jordan Henderson, oh, yeah. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about those other games. Uh, I think he is finding a new role for himself. And mm-hmm. uh, he was a bit of a joke before, you know, he only passes sideways. And what, you know, and I was asking the question, you know, who's going to provide the passes? And for the first two or three games, he really did pass sideways and he lacked confidence. And I was very frustrated because he never turned to look for a forward pass. But actually now he's growing in confidence and he is looking for more passes. He's taking more risks. And he's actually, like over the course of these four or five games, he's become a better player over this yeah. time. And it's really impressive to see. And it, it's because it's, 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 it's not just the time he's spending on the pitch. It's also the time that they're spending training through all of this. I mean, they're spending all of their time on this. Um, and, and, and it suits him so well. Um, and, and also that kind of role of like the vice captain or, or whatever is really suiting him as well. And he, he, has, he has grown into a like such a big leadership role where yeah. he's taking on massive personal responsibility not just for the for the way he's playing but the way people around him are playing mm. um and but because because of that because he's interested now in getting the best out of the people around him that means he's more inclined to start passing you know yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's thinking like like the beating heart of the of, of the yes. team and that's yeah. exactly what he is he, it's, he's, it's fantastic and it's i didn't really expect to see it to be honest no, so it's a massive all. bonus Apparently, Jurgen Klopp's been sending him text messages saying, "Come on, England." One quick point about about Hendo is that I, I do feel that a lot of the criticism aimed towards him um, has been a bit unfair, and it, it it it's almost a throwback to the player he was maybe three or four years ago yeah. um, when he first went to Liverpool, and perhaps was a lot more like the player that people think yes yeah the think stereotype. he is now that yeah. stereotype and it's so difficult to break away from a stereotype i mean um look at look at someone like Deli Ali that's kind of got a bit of a, a a reputation for going down easily yeah. um over the last season or two um i i think that's always very difficult to shake shake yeah, that yeah yeah um, or even like Jurgen Klinsmann, you know, he was known as a diver, and and it was only really like three or four massive dives 
that he then got this, yeah. this reputation. Yeah, you've got a. You've. Got... I, don't, I don't necessarily think he was. He was that dirty a player. No, although although to be fair, it was it was sort of a new thing in in football at that point, wasn't it? The, yeah, the, the simulation. It, it, like... it was new for the English, I think. Oh, yeah. Possibly, we, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We didn't really have that. Yeah. Right. Let us go to a short break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Belgium and France, and then we're going to look ahead to the World Cup semi-final. England win a penalty shootout. England are in the World Cup quarter-final. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a bit slightly stupid interview there from uh, Gable Clark, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Dyer swatted it away <laughs> in great fashion. Um, so we are not only through to a quarter-final, we're now through to the semi-final. We're going to face one of France and Belgium. So, Jono, you were mentioning a little bit about what you thought might might happen with those two. I mean, it's got on paper. It's got it's got everything, hasn't it? It's um, you know, it's a, a group a group of players on both sides that are incredibly talented. Uh, Mbappe, Griezmann, yeah, uh, uh, you know, neighbouring countries. Little bit of little bit yeah. of bite, probably a as well. It's a bit yeah. tasty. It's a bit tasty. So I think it could be it could be an absolute cracker, and I hope hopefully it will be. Um, I'm still and really I, not convinced about Belgium's. Uh, five at the back system, which they changed they did for change the last it. game, back yeah. to a back four, and they performed much better. They did because I think when they were playing with the with the wide players, and particularly Carrasco, who is not suited for that role, they looked weak. I thought, and um, going back to the four four two is much, much so, better. So the thing with Belgium, and I've been I've been quite critical of Martinez to be honest, but I think he I think he got it spot on for this game. Well, um, did Martinez get it spot on, or did he basically do like a Sven and just completely count? out to the media because it looked like yeah. he'd received some texts from people and gone oh yeah I should probably play that 4-4-2 and play De Bruyne further up pitch like, yeah let's do that <laughs> and, it's like, and then he did it and, the, and it's almost like uh, Andy was telling that story about uh, when Wilder at Oxford played these fullbacks on purpose in shit positions just so that he could say yeah well that's what happens when you tell me what to do except in this case it worked yeah yeah and Belgium played really well so now Martinez is probably like oh okay yeah. it's, it's interesting to see how he plays it because that might just have been a horses for courses thing and he was yeah. just looking at the threat that he was, he was likely to face from Brazil. But to be fair, the threats from Brazil are not massively different to the threats that they're going to face from France either, to be true. honest with you. Yeah, so so I, I think I think there's a very strong argument for them playing exactly the same uh, system. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think Belgium looked absolutely wonderful um, against... I, Romelu Lukaku is I, fast becoming one of my favourite footballers. Yeah. I th- he's just incredibly so strong. He's so fast. He just... Lo- who, who was it that was saying he looks like... Um, it looks like... I think it was Rio Ferdinand saying when it looks like when you were a kid and you were a bunch of 11-year-olds and there was a 16-year-old <laughs> playing against <laughs> yeah. you. He's just like yeah. that much bigger and that yeah. much better than everybody. Yeah. Um, and he had, he was on fire in that game. He was absolutely on fire. And and obviously, you know, you had like um, Eden Hazard and, and Hazard and, and De Bruyne all coming together and firing at once for, going yes. forward for Belgium as well. And that I, made a massive difference. I do think that they were flattered by a very toothless Brazil performance. And the mm-hmm. thing that the thing that I found quite amazing was that after Arto Augusto got the goal back. They just didn't push. They did no, not push for the no. for the equalizer at all, and it made no sense. And you know how games like that you always finish. You have all the team up in the penalty box. You're pumping the ball in. You've got nothing to lose. The the final whistle blew with the ball down in like the Brazil left back position. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Why I, aren't they going for this? I after they went two goals down, they they, they looked like I I looked at them and I thought there is a very real risk of the the Germany seven one yeah, thing happening yeah. here. Well, yeah, it, I, I thought yeah, I thought exactly the same thing, or at least that that Belgium could get one or two more. Yeah, yeah. because they because they just look like a beaten team. They just yeah. look like oh god, here we go again. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, as a result, even getting that goal back, I just they, there wasn't that belief. Like in the same way that when they got one goal back when they were seven down against Germany, they didn't think they were going to come back. Mm. They just looked at that and said, well, we've got one, but we've still got to do all of this again. And they just didn't have the belief in them that they could then go and do that which is uh, hilarious <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it was it was it was very very strange but brazil's uh, appearance at the uh, world cup has been made it for a number of neymar gifts and uh, <laughs> particularly the uh, the video of cheech running yes which is fucking incredible yeah. so that's one of my favorite world cup uh, videos so far I, I i do think i do actually think in that game neymar curtailed like curbed his 
um, his hysteria and rolling. I mean, he obviously did that ridiculous dive to try and get a penalty. Yes. So those mm. parts of his game are never going to go. But there was one point where he got a bit of a kick in the ankle. He started go. He started doing this, the the howling thing, and then he just suddenly stopped. And I, and, I, and I think people have had a word with him to say, particularly after that that moment on the touchline against yes, Mexico. Yeah. I think he realised how stupid that looks. Yeah, he's in da- he's really in danger of making himself into a bit of a, a comedy. Yeah, a comedy yeah. character. Also, the uh, the ref in that that game was excellent. Yes. I thought the Belgium um, Brazil game. Yeah, uh, I thought he handled he handled the situation well, and he handled Neymar very well. So, what do we think about France? I mean, I, I, I think, I, I again, as John was saying earlier, I think they, they, they appear to be growing into the tournament really well. Um, I think they they feel like more of a, even though it's not a particularly, it doesn't feel like a particularly like dangerous team, apart from their, their attacking threat, yeah. um, they feel a bit more like a cohesive team than Belgium do. Belgium feel like a lot of very good individuals playing to the yeah. best of their ability, which is very dangerous anyway. Whereas mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think I feel I get the sense maybe that France are a little bit more set as a team. But I think France defensively are, are probably quite weak. Ultimately, I can see I can see Belgium getting some joy. Yeah, um, yeah, out, out of that. But I, th- I, th- I think both of those sides have had problems in yes. the past. Yes. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think even against even against Brazil, their back four um, of Belgium played really really well but there were moments where they were right i mean it was last ditch defending they were doing a lot of the time there and any of those shots all could have could have ricocheted anywhere so um and obviously a great performance for courtois as well so they they both definitely look dangerous oh, just sorry look like yeah they, they can be done at the back yeah i think uh i think france are very very strong and they're getting stronger going forward so i think that game is going to be plenty of goals involved in that one i think it's a really it's a fascinating match yeah i really am looking forward to that yeah it's going to be a good one but i don't think i don't think england should fear playing either of those teams to be perfectly honest i think we are probably this is a thing to say Probably the best defensive unit left in the World Cup. I, I, um, I was I was thinking about that earlier. I, I, it is stunning that we came into this tournament thinking that the defense was our was weakest weak, yeah. weakest part. Because if anything, they they proved to be one of the best parts of our team. Well, defense. you know when it when it happened, right? It was when we played that friendly, and Southgate revealed to the world his formation, right? Because yeah. we'd never seen him before. And then he revealed that new formation. Everyone was like, "Oh, oh, what, what's, what's he doing?" England are playing fucking three, three, but, five, two again. But Walker's a fullback. Exactly. What's he doing? And, and for, for me, that really showed. Holy shit! This guy is actually he's he's come up with something. Yeah, you know, he's really yeah. come up with something. And from from a defensive point of view, yes, we fall asleep sometimes, but every team does. But for for most periods, especially of the uh, Sweden game. We, I, I'm very confident in that defensive unit at the moment, and and, and it, we've also got a, a young, confident goalkeeper behind yeah. him now, who, yeah, who feel who feels like he's on top of the world with his his recent performances. Yeah. So, so that as he did against Sweden, you know, he's that last line of defence, and it ma- that makes that that unit. It's not just about those back three; it's a back four with him yeah. there, and that is a unit that is is that's brilliant. And like I'm, I'm just so delighted that there was we we got a clean sheet. That he's a, he's a, apparently another silly stat from the BBC is that um he's the youngest ever goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet uh, for England at World Cup. <laughs> Twenty <laughs> twenty four years old. So yeah. right. Well, we will we'll take a little tiny short break now, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit about our predictions and, and how we did with that, and then we'll finish up with just looking forward at the semi final. Back in a second. Who'd have thought it? Winning on penalties, unbelievable. Well, we're past that now. That's old, that's old news. Uh, we did, in fact, predict that England would beat Colombia a couple of weeks or a week or so ago. We were right, and then last week, or on the last pod, we predicted the quarterfinal results. We had France to beat Uruguay, which they did. Which they did. Uh, I didn't actually see comfortably. that game. Uh, Uruguay did. didn't look the same without Cavani. No. That's a big, big yeah. miss, big miss for them. I think, I think that that it, I mean, it's very, it's very harsh to say that one player would make such a difference to a team, but I think he would have. I, 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 I think Uruguay would have had a chance. They're uh, still a very good side. Yeah, yeah, they're still yeah, a very yeah. good side. Um, and uh, we predicted Belgium to beat Brazil. 
Yes. Which obviously, as discussed, uh, they did, and Brazil were pretty poor. Uh, we had England to beat Sweden, absolute routine victory <laughs> yeah. uh, for the three lines. And my uh, my left field pick uh, for the final quarterfinal was for Russia to beat Croatia. I was not far away. No, no. T- to be fair, you weren't. And and I, I, I admit myself, when they got that um, extra time equaliser, um, I, I was convinced they were going to... They were going to do it. Yeah, it feels like the turnaround moment, doesn't it? No, exactly, exactly. I thought the the momentum was with with Russia at that point. So, Andy, who's going to win France versus Belgium? Oh, that's a toughie. That really is. I am going to go with France. It is. And uh, Jono, England versus Croatia. It's got to be England, hasn't it? I mean, I can't, I can't go against England. So we are predicting a World Cup final. A week today, <laughs> a World Cup final of France versus England. I hope I don't feel as bad as this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to make sure that I. That, well, I'm, I'm going to be in bloody Canada. I am. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get as drunk for the uh, for the third place playoff game <laughs> as I did for the England quarterfinal. <laughs> so I think I'll probably be all right. I w- I will probably not even watch. England, even if they're in third place, because it's such a pointless game. I just really don't have any. I, I really feel they should dump that. I, yeah. I, I, I love, I love the third place playoffs because it, they give, give a run out to the guys who haven't had a game. Yeah, and all, and it's yeah. also there because there's always one player who who who's got a chance of the golden boot. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good shout. And yeah. so those are the only ones who give a shit about it. It's yes. like a lot of people going through the motion and one guy legging it around desperate <laughs> to score. But that's that's how Lineker got his, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he, yeah, yeah, he, he right. secured it in the oh, third place playoff okay. game. Yeah. I think so. So. Let's finish up then talking about that England creation match. What do we, John? You predict England are going to win it. How do you think it's going to go? So, so I, I'm. It's it's horrible to speak like this, but I'm hopeful that uh, uh, Subasic doesn't recover from from what looked <laughs> what looked like a, a hamstring <laughs> a hamstring injury. Because well, he's been he's been easily he's been easily one of the best keepers in yeah, the, yeah. in the competition. Yeah. I think you know he saved what was it two or three penalties. Um, in their in their previous in the second round penalty shootout win, um, he's generally looks very very good. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure who the backup keeper is for Croatia, but I can't imagine he's as good as that. Yeah, um, and, and that's always it's always good when an important key position like that changes. Yeah, you, so you never know though because it can have the opposite effect sometimes. That you there's some if they've got a half decent um, backup goalkeeper who comes on and then really makes a name for himself. I'm talking about narratives now. This is not a strategic tactical no, analysis. Sure. This is no, just no. how how football tends to go. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it, that is a big disruption. It really is a big disruption to have that happen. So yeah, it would be uh, it would be a, a bonus. Uh, for England, if he if he doesn't doesn't make it, yeah, I always think though that you kind of you you want to see the best players play, don't you? As as much as you might be looking for ways like to to kind of uh, you know have things fall in your favour. At the end of the day, you perform well against uh, against the best players, and that's how you get through to the final. Yeah, yeah, but if you can make it slightly easier, why wouldn't you? Or if you know if things if if the cards yeah, well, sure, fall but for example, the... I'd like I I want Modric to play in that game because it's a World Cup semi final. And it would be a real shame if, if you know, the, the, the top players aren't there. So I'm, I'm sure he, I'm sure he will. So we've got Kalinic, who's going to step in, probably playing for. Gent. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't if know Supersich if Super doesn't yeah, play. We yeah. don't know if he's properly injured. I mean, it didn't look great. He wasn't moving particularly well. Um, and uh, and during the, to be honest, during the penalty shootout, he didn't look very uh, physically good. No. Um, he wasn't diving as he normally does. Um, I mean, I th- at the end of the day, I think. I mean, most most of our threat with sound it sounds kind of slightly hubristic to say it, but it, most of our threat tends to be kind of unstoppable stuff, stuff that isn't that, that isn't designed yeah. for the goalkeeper to save. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's about it's about close range headers that, that the goalkeeper is always going to struggle with. It's about creating opportunities that the goalkeeper can't That's true. save. That is true. So, yeah. un- unstoppable we're, stuff like yeah. Harry Maguire's forehead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. We're not having many speculative shots, right? No, we're really not. It's mostly those big chances from set pieces or working our way into the box and like you say, creating unsupple chances. But uh, I think I think we've got a very, very, very good chance against Croatia. 
I, I, I think they're a good side. I think they're they're reasonable defensively. I think they have uh, you know a couple of good players going forward. I think you know Perisic and Rebic and uh, Modric, Rakitic is very good midfield. They're they're full of excellent players. Yeah. They mm. they really are. Um and 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 this is you know risky stuff to say because because in football anything can change on an individual game. Of course it can. Um, but it feels to me like we are growing into ourselves as the tournament grows goes on. And it feels to me a little bit like Croatia started out the blocks really well yes. and they are starting to slow down a little bit. Did, um, yeah, did they peak in the group stage? And Because and, they have looked a little bit dis, disjointed in the two games that they played. Yeah. Both both went to extra time, both were won on penalties. You know, that, that they, didn't, they didn't play that well in either of those games. I think what's really nice about this, the way the semi-finals went out, is that I think this is probably going to be our, the best game like from an entertainment point of view, mm-hmm. the best game that we played because you've got two teams that probably fancy themselves as the favourite. They both fancy themselves as the favourite. Yeah. Uh, and they will both go out to win the game. Whereas I think for the, for the Sweden match, there was a certain element that they didn't want to lose. Yes. Uh, and in the Columbia game, they wanted to spoil the match. Yeah. Whereas I think this is going to be a game of football, which will be pretty cool. Uh, you'd hope so. And I'd actually hope for, for our chances that I think you'd also hope that Croatia come out with a little bit more ambition than they did in, like, for, for the Denmark game, for yes. example. Because yeah. I just, again, I've never banged on about this before, but they just didn't seem to have that impetus in that game. So, mm. yeah. um, and, and I actually think we, we perform better against teams um, who 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 come and have a go, albeit having just watched the game last night, where it was the opposite, and we just did a thoroughly professional, persistent kind of unwavering yes. job, relentless. One, one sorry, I, I didn't mean to, to right. cut you off, um, but one very quick point about uh, both Croatia and France is that their best game so so far was uh, the three 0 win for Croatia against Argentina. And the four-three win of France against Argentina. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the question yeah. is here: Are they really that good, or perhaps were Argentina just a bit of a shambles? Yeah. That's um, a good shout. Well, let's see. And it's it's hot, and I'm tired. So yeah. I think we're going <laughs> to we're going to draw an end to the pod. Um, so say goodbye, Andy. And are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, cheerio, everybody. Are you ready for the semi-final, John? I'm, I'm, I was born ready. Come yeah, on. That's right. Come on, England. So please catch us uh, on Spotify, on TuneIn Radio, on iTunes, all that stuff, at WorldyPod on Twitter, at WorldyPod on Instagram, and catch us next time on WorldyPod. Strong muffin.